Hi, this is Gilbert Gottfried, and you're listening to the Cigar Tipsters Podcast. And uh, thank God it's you listening, because I tried to listen. I heard about two seconds, and they totally sucked. I hope you're not listening for more than two seconds. Because did I mention they totally suck? This is the Cigar Tipsters Podcast. Yo. What's up? What's happening? I don't know. I'm just yeah, do a show tonight. Fuck it. Why not? I don't see why we shouldn't. I mean, what we're already paying for internet. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> Unless you're like me and you're bumming off the neighbor's Wi-Fi. Whatever. Ooh. Oh, I miss those days. Really. My, many years ago, when I was my brother was always doing some weird scheming shit, and because he was going to Embry Riddle, half his friends were all engineers, and they were all they always engineer shit. So one of them got my brother to buy this. It was like a, you would set it outside in your yard, like probably 50 yards away from the house. And it would pick up Wi-Fi signals for like a quarter of a mile. And you could decide and which signal you wanted. So if there was a free signal somewhere. It was supposed to pick it up and bring it to your home. <laughs> Apparently one of his friends did. And he was just stealing Wi-Fi from half a dozen different places at any given time. Never paid for internet. Nice. <laughs> if you got it like that, go with it. I would, yeah. So it is the Cigar Tipsters podcast. We are recording this on a random Thursday. Um, many of you know, in the past couple of weeks, the former head of the FDA, Scott Leave, yep, sent in his resignation letter. Um, Scott, if by some miracle you're hearing this, uh, with all due respect, fuck you. <laughs> There it is. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm Mark. The, the laughing man over there is Ben. But uh, we'll, we'll get a little <laughs> bit more into Scott G. Uh, as we call him in the background and what he did not do uh, for the premium cigar world. Um, he pretty much had two years of being completely fucking useless. <laughs> I can't wait to get this segment part of the show. <laughs> I'm so looking forward to it. I want to get through my segment so we can get back to, to hating yeah, it. Because, I, feel, I feel good about it. And God knows we'll get into this, but that thing you found like an hour ago, that article that, that we'll talk about, I mean, just what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. I, I, that's something I just happened to run across. We have to, we'll, we'll discuss that. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, so, yeah, we're, we're, we're just kind of throwing this out here. But I, uh, I wanted to talk for a few minutes about a relatively new cigar that I smoked, or at least it was new to me. Um, it, it was a diesel. And admittedly, I don't go down the diesel road that often because they kind of got that punch you in the face nicotine level, but yeah, they do. These are called uh, Diesel Whiskey Row, and the reason they're called Whiskey Row is because they're aged uh, in bourbon barrels, or at least the binder tobacco is. Um, according to General Cigar, the um, company called Rabbit Hole, they sent some bourbon barrels to uh, one of AJ Fernandez's Nicaraguan cigar factories, uh, Tabacalera. And uh, he put in San Andreas binder in the bourbon barrels. And that's the binder that's actually in this cigar. Uh, cool. I'm so it's that. Ecuadorian Habano wrapper. 
uh, <clears throat> the filler is a blend of uh, several Nicaraguan tobaccos and then the, <clears throat> the binder, excuse me, I cannot talk. The binder is Mexican San Andreas leaf that uh, rested in those bourbon barrels. Now, if you've had the Camacho American barrel aged, it's not as strong of a bourbon presence as Camacho's version. Uh, but this particular, I had the um, five and a half by 52 uh, Robusto, which is my f- favorite size outside of a Lancero. Mm-hmm. Um, for diesel, it was surprisingly smooth. Um, really? I've always found those a little on the harsh side, but this one was really smooth. Just a just a smidge, as we like to say here in the South, of, of that bourbon taste kind of on the back of your palate. But uh, for the most part, really earthy, nice pepper taste. What made and, you decide to try this particular diesel? I mean, have you tried like the Camacho barrel age and like, okay, I want to see another variation of it or what made you choose it? So that was exactly it, actually. Uh, I happen to oh, be a big okay. fan of the American barrel age by Camacho. So I was like, eh, somebody else is trying it. You know, let's see what their version turns out to be, which if you're you're a fan of the bourbon aspect of Camacho's version, then the diesel is closer to just a standard premium cigar with just a hint of hint of bourbon flavor. But long story short, it, it's not expensive. It's like seven fifty. Um That's not bad. For That's... the most part. So it's one of those that even if you're like, this is this is an okay cigar, it's not gonna break the bank if you do want to give it a shot. So I, I'd recommend uh if you're out there and you see them in a shop, hell, give them a try. Would you or, recommend storing this with other cigars, or do you think the flavors from the bourbon of the cigar will mar- marry with the other ones? These were in uh, cellophane with um, a UPC seal on them. Okay. So, honestly, they're fine to store with uh, whatever you've got around. Uh, they were sealed well enough that it wouldn't make a difference. Okay. Fair enough. Let's try it. So you you uh, you sent me a picture yesterday, and I believe you also tweeted this picture of uh, a certain cigar that um, yeah you were like, uh, well, I tried this a while ago, and I tried it again. So I, I want to talk a little bit about the experience that you had with that particular cigar, and you can tell the world what you think of it. Yep. Um, so I'll give you a little bit of it. So it's, it's basically what you'd mentioned. So many years ago, uh, I tried this particular cigar. It's a Trinidad Maduro. Um, it's not the Cuban version. It's the Dominican version. And uh, I got the Robusto, one of my favorite sizes. And I decided, since I saw it in the humidor, it was very eye-catching. Um, this particular cigar, if you haven't seen it, has a very dark, almost a scuro wrapper to it. Um, the composition of this cigar, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go into It's going to lead kind of into my grind, my gear segment, because it sort of plays into that. Um, so basically, this Trinidad Maduro Robusto, it's a multinational blend of uh, Dominican, Nicaraguan, and Peruvian filler. It has an Ecuadorian Sumatra binder and a Connecticut broadleaf wrapper. Uh, it's a dark-looking cigar, and it has a gold band with the Trinidad symbols on them, three Ts. Um, now from what I remember in the past, I did not particularly like the experience There's something deep in my psyche from like, there's something about, I didn't w- quite like back then, but I didn't want to let just a vague memory tell me what the experience of the cigar might, could be. So after years of experience and preparing for a second round, what I've found was I had no choice, but to 
put my one-sided, outdated prejudices uh, behind me and enjoy what could potentially be a delicious afternoon. So I purchased the stick, and before uh, me and my head to the dog park, as usual, it's typically when I smoke my cigars. Now, once I got to the park, uh, I looked at it more carefully, and I got a little excited to see that the cellophane had turned somewhat gold color, which was a sign of aging. I thought this is going to be a welcoming introduction into the new spring season with this bold cigar, almost like a what I was expecting was like a strong cup of warm coffee in the morning. So, in, uh, in cigar fashion, I guillotined the cap, torchlight the foot. On it was a particularly windy day, um, and I take a few draws. And I realized something. I realized that this cigar is not good. It's just, it's not, it's just not good. So you can call me a pretentious snob if you wish, but I've there are times. <laughs> yes, you have. In this industry with so many variables such as the economy, weather, agronomy, you know, these cigars are made by, by hand, so forth and so on, that some cigars may not be as good as others. Um, but this Trinidad cigar was not the case. This was what was puzzling me. This cigar wasn't disappointing because I got a bad batch or a fluke. Uh, this particular Trinidad was carefully constructed. It was blended with exquisite care. The band was carefully and intricately designed and placed on the cigar with perfect congruency next to the others. It has a triple cap and even color. And it gave me the impression that this cigar was something special. And although this cigar was the Dominican version and not the Cuban version, if, if you've done any research, the Cuban Trinidads are considered royalty at most auctions. So keep in mind, the first Trinidads were rolled in 1969. And for a time, both Trinidads and Cohibas were used as state gifts for high-ranking foreign dignitaries, i.e. Castro and his friends. So the one brand he chose to supply cigars aside from Cohibas was Trinidad's, and that's no small praise. So the background should be, according to the brand's pedigree and rich history, make this cigar fantastic. However, this cigar had a tight draw, minimal smoke output, and a very short finish. And when you finally do get enough smoke to retrohale, I got notes of burnt chestnuts, hay, and dry earth. So what really grinds my gears... Everybody was waiting for me to say that. Was was is this cigar was made with so much care and compassion can be such a letdown, and not just once, but twice. It, to me, it was the equivalent of going to a four star restaurant, having the chef prepare a delicious meal and carefully display it on the plate, but forgot to taste the food before bringing it out to you. It was just sad, really. Anyway, it just goes to show that no matter how venerable a brand may be, some cigars just still need more work. Yeah, and there there was something that I don't think I ever texted you this, but it was something that popped into my head after you said something about the cellophane being uh, brownish gold. Yeah, and I got to thinking, you know, they may it may actually be that way because other people tried them and they sucked, and now they can't sell them. <laughs> you know, and I that is one of the because you you worked in the shop, and uh, so there are times when you some cigars are just overlooked for some extended period of time. And I do look for them just in case there could be a diamond in the rough that I don't know about. Yeah. So it could be everyone's ignored them because no one's wanted to try them. And then people see there's a little plume on it like, oh, I don't want that. And so I kind of look for these things, these oddballs that are sitting there on the shelf for a while because they might very well be delicious. They've been aging for quite a while. And so that would give me the, the hope that this cigar is going to have 
you know, H tobacco typically smooths itself out and things of that nature. But this one, as carefully and wonderfully made as it was, was it just wasn't good. I get the impression that nobody actually smoked the cigar before they put it in the box. You know, um, yeah. it, it actually burned okay, sort of even. It was a little wonky because it was windy. But it was just like, how can you make something look so good and not taste good? Like, you, you put so much care into it, you didn't think to actually try it first. Uh, that, was, that was the disappointing part. It just... Well, and you mentioned tight draw, too. To me, that'll kill kill one faster than anything for me. Like If, if you can't it, draw on it, I can't taste it. I, it's this bowl of soup with no spoon. But, but you know... It's, and you can, you can roll it and you can stab it and you can fuck I with it I tried everything. There was a knot at, just... at the top and it, it, I tried everything. It just wasn't going to work. Um... I think for me, the and I loved the original 45th anniversary Hoya Quattro Cinco. It's fantastic. Yep. Limited edition. You can barely find them now. Whatever. Long mm-hmm. story short, they put it out again, called it Reserva Special and changed the blend. And it fucking sucks. <laughs> uh, Do you see what I'm saying though? Like there are some cigars that are just not good, no matter and, how much care they put into it. And I did the same thing you did. I was like, six months later, I was like, maybe it needed time. No, it didn't need time. It needed to be away, uh, thrown in a house fire. <laughs> just, and that's that's a shame. I mean, it's part <laughs> of the industry. It's going to happen. It, there's, we're never going to. Not every cigar is perfect, you know, it's impossible, sure. but uh, it but it does kind of bother you because you just spent what an average of at least eight to ten bucks for it. And you know, we pride ourselves on as an industry and as, as a whole that we we have quality control, it goes through 300 sets of hands, it goes through multiple stages before it reaches us. So, I in theory, the cigars should be very few and far in between, but when they do slip through and we grab one off the shelf. It's, uh, yeah, it's disappointing. Oh, yeah. But you know, it happens. Yeah, it does, definitely. And, you know, if I've reached a point in the show here where if we had a budget, I would I would play some time machine sounds and we go, woo because we're about yeah. to go way back machine. Yep. Going all the way back to an exact date, to an exact time even. Yeah. August 16th. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> 2012. <laughs> there it. For some, for some godforsaken reason, at 4 a.m., this was posted. Now, if you're wondering what the hell I'm talking about, we'll post yep. it on Twitter. But um, it was an article in the New York Post. Um, yeah. Now this is August of 2012. Yeah. An election year. I know where this is going. Um, Obama's trying to, you know, get him, get him four more years. You know. Yeah. Coming up, two months, whatever, three months. <laughs> I forgot about September. Pardon me. I didn't even realize it was four a.m. <laughs> I didn't either until it. I just looked at it. I, I was just like, "That's why I even put the the time on there." Nobody cares. Just put the day. <laughs> Nobody gives a shit. But anyway, there's, a, there's an article that says it's titled "Bam's Cigar Trouble." Yep. The tagline: "Could cigars tip this year's election?" Because in 2002, the FDA was still attempting to quote unquote deem cigars and subject them to regulation and, you know, overreach their power. And we'll get to the author of this fantastic article here in a moment, but yep. one of my favorite things in, in the middle of this article, and I'm going to read it word for word, 
quote, about 85,000 Americans work in the premium cigar business, according to the industry's main trade group. Many of these jobs would be in jeopardy if the FDA's regulations went forward. About 75% of domestic importers and producers of cigars are located in Florida, where it is a $2 billion a year industry. That's billion with a B, unquote. Mm -hmm. So we're talking all the way back in 2012 about how hard the FDA could potentially fuck, not just the cigar business, but the state and, and pretty much just rape Florida, especially Tampa, because that entire city is basically it's one big smoke is what it is. And and Miami too, for that matter, Mm -hmm. you know, um, the, (laughs) <laughs> Andy had a cute name for it too. He said he called it Stogie Gate, capturing a lot of headlines in Florida. You know, what a, what a jack off. <laughs> so, <laughs> in 2012, this person, this author, mm-hmm. is saying, "You know what? This is not where the FDA should be. They're going to cause problems. They're going to cost 85,000 jobs. They're going to cost a two billion dollar industry in the state yep. of Florida." Who is the author of this article? Somebody out there. I know. Somebody out there. Uh, I, I know. I know who it is. I know who it is. Okay, little Ben, you raised your hand. Who is it? Scott motherfucking Gottlieb is who wrote this article. <laughs> That's his middle name. <laughs> Put the M, M in the M period. Scott yeah. motherfucking Gottlieb. So the guy who just wasted two fucking years as the head of the FDA... In 2012, yeah, was already saying we need to stay out of this. It's going to cost money. It's going to cost jobs. It's just going to be a clusterfuck. I, what? Who? Who's? He's money? a spineless milk toast, is what it is. Yes. And who's and whose then, money went into his pocket between 2012 and, and now? Yeah, I, 2017. That he just completely 180. I I don't know. Uh, I was reading another article where even the people in the FDA were saying he was spending an enormous amount of time. Here's, here's what I got from Scott. Scott, so basically, the FDA said, uh, the children are running rampant and they're smoking Fuentes all over the fucking planet and there's going to be a massive wide uh, lung cancer epidemic in the next two months. So we have to crack down on this for some fucking reason. So Scott says, okay, in 2012, well, if we try to regulate this it's going to cost a lot of people a lot of jobs and a lot of money oh, okay and then he started this revel well i don't know if he, he led he was in front of this revolution to try to regulate all anything that creates a fucking plume of smoke of any kind it, uh, that it has to be regulated it has to be involved um and and then he gets halfway into it and says, okay, we're going to crack down on all this tobacco. And then he just leaves. And now we're left with this giant, massive clusterfuck of laws and regulations that nobody understands or is regulating. And they keep pushing the deadline back. And it's, it's just a mess. There's no organization to it whatsoever. It's completely unnecessary. And then that's, and then he's like, I got to go spend time with my family. I mean, okay. realistically, they, they keep pushing the deadline back because if you if you sit down and you read the stuff, nobody understands it. Yeah, it would take a fucking rocket scientist to 
you know, plot out a course. To, I mean, we could plot a fucking course to Mars easier than, than we could explain the FDA's attempted regulation of cigars. They're, if their own research team and their own studies can't confirm anything that they're trying to raise awareness to, fuck off. If you're going to push yeah. the deadline back, why don't you push it back? I'll, I'll give you a deadline. Let's say 100 years. And let's, let's just, let's, let's we'll just be start. Fair. 100 the years. next 100 years, we'll circle back around to the subject because it's been unregulated since the late 17th century. And everybody's been fucking fine. No one has been an issue with it. Uh, the way I yes. look at it, because another, another beef, we're going to talk about this later in the show, is, you know, what some people, why some people don't like cigar smokers. But what the FDA is trying to do is saying it's causing this epidemic to, to protect the children. I love how government agencies use children as the scapegoat for all their bullshit. Everything no. they do is for the children, except saving them, helping them, feeding them, clothing them, and housing them. Other than that, Everything is to protect the children. You, uh, I, I'm going to steal something from you. You want to know yeah. what grinds my gears? What grinds your gears, Mark? The fucking children. <laughs> you know what? I am not a parent. <laughs> I am Fuck not a parent. Children. <laughs> the, so children. the children grind your gears? Care. Yes. They, they sit there and they, they waste <laughs> They eat air. your food. They take up resources. <laughs> you sound just like your dad. Well, you know, probably now. Yeah, I mean, he's like, well, look how I turned out. I mean, obviously. That's what it is. He's like, children, what a pain in the ass. Look what you got to deal with now. Yeah, I mean, but but really. Yeah. And you, if you want to change my mind, you want to change my mind, you show me one case where someone smoking a cigar has spontaneously combusted. Yeah. Like and then, burst into flames. Then I'll get behind your regulation. Yeah. Or if I'm sitting in a park and a middle-aged person is 60 yards ahead of me and they start wafting around like they can't breathe, if that person gets cancer from my secondhand smoke, I will personally pay for that person's medical bills if it ever reaches it because I know it's not going to happen. Uh that kind of goes down to being respectful of around. And I would say most cigar smokers on Moss are respectful of other people. We don't like to, you know, if you're an asshole, you're an asshole as a person regardless. But, you know, as a respectful person, you don't want to just kind of blow smoke. I don't just walk up in a children's park and just waft $10 cigar smoke in a child's face. We, we don't do that. Uh, and oh, even if we did... One. We would have to hotbox children with the windows up for a long time to get them to, to can't. And if you're doing that, you're a bad parent. So yeah. w w what I'm trying to figure is they're trying to say that, we're har that the cigar industry and the tobacco is harming children. I would argue, and here's what happened. So I read another article about this. What happened was he was trying to regulate everything. And then the premium cigar industry was like, wait a minute, we're different from the vaping industry and alternative tobacco products. And we talked about that last segment. And Scott couldn't figure out or the FDA couldn't figure out how to separate the two without looking like they were favoring one over the other because they didn't start off with any foundation of information to begin with. So they created this clusterfuck and said, well, wait a minute, now you're being unfair. And he's like, well, yeah, we're being unfair. All right, bye, guys. And then he left. So that's <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah, yeah, it really sucks. Uh, all right, he, well, he you guys he literally, on vacation. Have a good one. He literally pulled an Eric Cartman. Screw you guys, I'm going home. <laughs> Screw you guys, I'm going home. And that's basically what he did. Uh, 
and then he, he God, he turned into such a politician. You know, when he first came around, I was like, hey, maybe this guy's going to be all right. You know, he, he spoke good about cigars in the past. He, he, he yeah, like a reasonably smart guy. And then he turns into a giant dumbass. He turns into a giant showed. And I'm getting a similar vibe from Mr. Rubio. I love him to death. I know he's trying. He really is. He at least looks like he's trying. It's just, I, I, I don't see, I don't see the, the passion on the floor. You know what I'm talking about? Like, it's not just saying the words of something. I mean, someone who's like, Hey, from a, a consumer's, you know, a mom and pop shop owner that's being fined by regulation to say, this is bullshit. And I'm going to tell you why this is nonsense. And all you're doing is hurting us. You know, like, almost like a cry out. Like, mm-hmm. hey, you're hurting us. Stop doing this. Nobody really does it there, you know. Um, I mean, the, the manufacturers are saying it. Uh, Enrique Sanchez of 1502 is saying it. First one to sue the FDA. You know, so, but on the Senate floor, when it comes to actually representing our interests, there's no one really like, hey, piss off. And I know Marco Rubio is trying his best, but. Yeah, I- <sighs> I don't want to talk too much shit about him. I don't either. Like the only ally that we have. But <laughs> at the same time, in my heart, I know he's only doing it because he's a Florida senator. Yeah, if he was from Wyoming, no. I'd be like, okay, maybe he really cares. Because as a cigar smoker, yeah. you're not necessarily... It's not just because of the state. It's, it's, an, it's an international industry is why you care. Uh, but if, I feel like he's only doing it because maybe that, like where he represents in that state brings in money and he doesn't want to lose that tourist money. You yeah. know, he so, knows he's smart enough to know if that industry goes out of Florida, he's, he's going to lose his seat. Yeah. He needs JC Newman to keep producing cigars. And I, but that's, that seems like a personal interest. It's not like he, he really cares. He only, he only cares because of the money's involved. If yeah, JC Newman he, wasn't there, not, if JC Newman was in Texas, he'd be representing them in Texas. Yeah. He's not the, go down to the cigar shop on a Saturday afternoon and sit around and smoke kind of guy. Or at least he doesn't strike me as that. I, and I don't want to pretend like I know the guy, but uh, he just doesn't strike me like that. I just, it's still mind blowing that of all the things this country is spending money and wasting time and effort of all the things that the FDA could be focusing on. The premium cigar industry is the main problem like that that's where you're at like that should be on page 12 after are we eating too much garlic as a people like that's (laughs) that is how far down the line don't you dare don't you dare take my garlic away i love garlic (laughs) garlic is of my people we we clean it cleans the blood and loses all our friends that breath anyway to me the, the whole thing with the fda and it's right there in the name Food and Drug Administration. Yeah. Tobacco is neither one of those things. It is neither a food nor a drug. So why are we talking? Why, why are we having this conversation? I don't know. Be- because, it, they di- because they don't differentiate. They don't see the tobacco industry as a unique artisanal horticulture industry. They see it, oh, it's leaves that are, it's smoke. It's a cigarette. It's an e-cigarette. It's, a, it's all the fucking same. And I know we talked about this last time, but like we have events that host both of them together, which is kind of like being the hypocrite, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Like, hey, we're trying to tell you that we're different, and yet you're going and 
proposing the same with the other industries. So the one thing that they're accusing us of, you're giving them ammo to. We shouldn't do that. Uh, but now, so the other question is, okay, so Scott's gone. He's a milk toast. So who's next? Now we've got, uh, what's the guy at the head of the Cancer Institute? Yeah, Sh- uh, Sharpers? I Sharpers? I can't remember his name, but yeah, he's the head of the Cancer Institute, which is another giant screw you to us. I, it's, yeah, Ned Sharpless. That's his name. Ned Sharpless. Sharpless, yeah. Yeah, he's Sharpless, all right. <laughs> National <laughs> Cancer Chief. So if we replace Scott Gottlieb with a guy who <laughs> pretty much hates tobacco. Well, actually, I don't know. If you think about it, our, quote, cigar smoking is causing, quote, all this cancer is keeping him in business. Yeah. So, <laughs> you, listen, welcome, Ned. Do, you, do you want to bite the hand that feeds you? Yeah. Uh, have you seen him? It, no. I'm he not. looks like a Ned. Yeah, let me just Google this fellow. What's his name? Looks, Ned Sharpless, Ned National Sharpless. Cancer Chief. That's such a strange name. He's the acting commissioner. So supposedly they really don't have a direct replacement in the Trump administration for uh, to replace Scott because he, ha- he left so suddenly. And I don't think it had anything to do with his family. Um, I, I really doubt that, but that's what he says. So that's what we have to go with. Um, but he's been the director of the National Cancer Institute for the next 18 months, isn't it? Let me, let me call up Mr. Trump and volunteer my services. I would love to. And th- you remember that, that article that I tweeted about where, like, to define what the composition of a cigar is? And I'll yeah. tell you right now. It's fucking leaves. That's what it is. If I go outside and grab poison ivy and roll it up, aside from some itching, it's leaves. It, that's all cigars are, is leaves. I know it sounds simple, but that's what it is. It's leaves with a little water. And if yeah, if you want to get real super technical with it, there's a little bit of vegetable glue that they you know, glue the band on. There's with. some vegetable glue every once in a while, yeah. Um, but it comes from vegetable. That no, <laughs> See, that, that's, they no, squeeze they squeeze the glue out of the vegetable and use Stop. it on. The- <laughs> that's where we got fucked because vegetables <laughs> the- are food, <laughs> and that's the FDA. Yeah, ah! Actually, that's how we got screwed. <laughs> because because vegetable is a food. I never put that two and two together. I didn't either till just now. We need to uh, somebody call them and start using Elmer's glue instead. We know that stuff is safe because we Get all that gorilla tape going, wrapping around that band ain't coming off. No, you, you just smoke it to the band and throw it away because it ain't coming off. Yeah. Or yeah. The, what's that uh, flex tape? That's the one where you oh, yeah. call it a boat in half. <laughs> Take the cigar, wrap it in flex tape, and throw it in there. So it floats, doesn't sink. <laughs> Oh, uh, let me see. So what's his name? Dr. Sharpless's deep scientific background and expertise will make him a strong leader for the FDA in a statement. There will be no let up in the agency's focus from ongoing efforts on drug approvals and combating the opiate crisis to modernizing food safety and addressing the rapid u- rise in youth use of e-cigarettes. Well, I don't know about you, but in the 1960s, they used to doctors were endorsing cigarettes on television. Yeah. So why don't you take responsibility for that, and then I'll take responsibility for smoke cigars, and then we'll reconvene. Yeah, back then, the children were smoking actual cigarettes, not just vape. Yeah, this was long before vape. This was like unfiltered Seneca Blacks. Like the filters were extra. I mean, and back then, you know what? 
back then they were smoking cigarettes, smoking weed, drinking yeah. alcohol, yep. raw, raw dog in their way across the country. Correct. And 92% of them are still alive. Uh, no seatbelts, uh, going yeah. to concert events. And when you, and, like and that a, was it. A car seat back then was literally just a bar. <laughs> it's like you, one of those, like, like, like a bar like, a, like you get on a like roller coaster. Like an old roller coaster. Yeah. It's just like, it's just a bar. And it comes down to personal responsibility, whether it's cigarettes, whether it's 10,000 calorie burgers, whether it's beer, whether no matter what the vice is, it could be gambling. If you're irresponsible as a person, any vice you choose that you're irresponsible with can cause problems. So it's not necessarily the vice itself. It's the responsibility of the person. Uh, Gambling can be fun if you don't let it get it out of hand. Smoking cigars can be fine if you don't walk into hospitals and blow it in people's faces, you know? So, uh, so what you're trying to say to me is McDonald's didn't make me fat? McDonald's did not make you fat. Now, you consuming the McDonald's out of your personal, quote, free will, that will have a contributory effect. But that's personal responsibility. Yeah, and But, it, you know, it's the vegetable glue is what's fucking us over here. It's, yeah, it's I, I just, yeah. Damn it. And, and now, these, and they said the youth of e-cigarettes. I would argue that the majority of youth today are vaping the shit out of all this juice or whatever it is that they use. That I'm seeing growing as a youth, even because it was originally designed to get people weaning off of cigarettes. And now it's become so popular that 16-year-olds or 18-year-olds or whatever are vaping all over the place. And they're noticing that they're doing it at such an extreme rate that it might cause issues in the lungs. Well, I'm here to tell you, if even if the person is 18 and vapes so much that they cause popcorn lungs. That's their decision. Any more than consuming McDonald's, it's the same decision. It just happens to be a different, it's, it's a different, uh, I mean, we it looks have, different, but it's the same problem. We have photos, we have videos, hell, we have entire textbooks that will show you point blank what meth will do to you, but people yeah. still do it. And they still do it. So, you know, I, if somebody wants the vice bad enough, they're going to figure out a way to get it. It's it's just the nature of the business. And I, I mean, it's like I just watched Leaving Neverland on HBO. Michael Jackson wanted to fuck little boys. He found a way yep. to do it. He certainly did. And in grand fashion, actually. <laughs> he did it with a very elaborate. Boy, howdy. I can make a segue out of anything. Yeah. Yeah, but, then, but, so what's, but what's also, next? What's next in the in the line of this FDA shit? What do we What do we need to look forward to? God, honestly, I don't know. I mean, I think they'll keep pushing the deadlines back further and further, unless Sharpless is Gestapo and just goes for it. But I don't know. I don't think Ned is going to do anything. I think he's just sitting in there because they need somebody to take the seat. Um, but I would, I think they're going to, until they find somebody full time to take over. But in my experience, when one guy leaves and they put somebody new in, it's typically somebody who's worse. Yeah. It usually is for some reason, nobody goes in there and says, Oh, we're going to make life better for people. It's typically, Oh, he's a bigger asshole than the first one. Yeah. So the, uh, the American dad episode where the the dictator chokes on a corn dog and Roger, becomes the, the worst. <laughs> yeah, Isla Island. Yeah. 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 <laughs> he had the whole town painted yellow. 
And, and then the uh, the guy at the end, the dancer, you know, he looks all happy, but he's like, he's a he mass became, murderer. He became the most brutal dictator in the history of, of history. the dancer of death. Yeah, what they call him. <laughs> playing Venus. Uh, well, yeah, this guy looks like he's just. Uh, he's I just think, getting a paycheck. I think Ned is just a bookworm. I really, I don't think he really gives a shit. Um, it's whoever they were put into replace Sharpless. That's. You know, somebody with somebody who can be more politically bought. You know, I can be politically bought. Um, I'm just sitting here waiting to collect paychecks. <laughs> That'd be nice. Out. I just I feel so bad because you know a lot of the brands that we enjoy are boutique. You know, Tatuaje and uh, there's there's I mean, there's quite a few. You got Nomad and Fifteen O Two. You know, all these wonderful cigar makers that are just struggling to keep alive. And all they have to do is implement one stupid little regulation. It's okay. And I think it's an average of like, what, $18,000 per SKU. And that's assuming that they actually pass whatever the regulations that they want. It's just, you can't do this shit, man. It's just, it's just not right. I just don't know how they're, all these people sit around in a committee and decide that this is going to make life better for people. Yeah, it really is just a complete hot mess. If 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 they don't want to smoke cigars to relax so much, I think that they should make life easier, make life more livable for us, and then maybe you know we don't have to hide in the dark so much. Yeah, um, and truthfully, that's that's my biggest problem with so many things is if you don't like what I'm doing, fine, but don't try to fuck with my ability to do it. Right. You don't have to do it. You don't have to participate. And if you don't want me near you, I'll even respect that much. Um, like if, if they left it up to the states and local municipalities to say, okay, so this restaurant allows no – you can't smoke in this restaurant, but you can smoke here. Um, but you can smoke here, but only the outside patio. You can do – I would leave it up to the industry to decide what they want. Now, if the city comes together and says, no, we don't want it, I'll go to a different city uh, or, or drive to another town if I have to. But – it's not a federal problem. It's not a national crisis. Yeah. Only Trump's wall right now is a national crisis. But cigars are not. Cigars don't cause harm to, if anybody, the consumer. That's really about it. Is the only person that's going to get harmed out of this at all. Yeah. 99% of the time, we are outside on a patio deck or in our own homes or in a cigar lounge. So, you know, I don't, it's not like we're walking around supermarkets which would be awesome, but we can't walk around supermarkets and just smoke because, you know, there's people there and we're respectful. And we, I don't think we would do that as an industry anyway. But the fact it's like, hey, you can't smoke it even in your own home. Fuck off. Yeah, you exactly. Know? What the hell? Why? My car, my home, you're not going to tell me what I'm going to do in either one of them. Right. Yeah, that's, that's my property. And if I go to you know, a lounge that somebody wants to shut up. I, I should have every right to go hang out with a thousand people and smoke in that one room if that's what they allow. You know, that's up to that business. But no federal regulation should come into part for this. Yeah, there's um, <clears throat> there's a restaurant in Cincinnati that uh, Jerry and Darlene took me to that has a, uh, in their right smack in the middle of downtown Cincinnati, um, that has a smoking patio. And apparently... He gets away with it because, oh God, what's his name? Jeff Ruby. Uh, because he's Was like, it grandfathered in? He's, no, he's like a Cincinnati icon who's like, uh, 
the Tony Soprano of Cincinnati, so nobody's, oh, wow. nobody's got the balls to stand up to him, basically. Really? Does he, like, employ half the town? In a sense, yeah. I mean, he's got all sorts of businesses. He's got um, several of those restaurants. There's one of them in Nashville, although I've never been here. I have no idea what the smoking situation is. At so this he has a lot here. of support. Yeah, I mean, he he brings in way too much money for Cincinnati uh, to be screwed with. Well, that's a unique position to be in. Not many people can say that, but God bless them if they can. Most of us so, are in other positions, just not good ones like that. What is the last restaurant you've been at that you can smoke a cigar? Oh, God. Probably that one, actually. That was... What about indoors? I know that some have, like, because I, like, even in New York, like a Rescue's Patroon, they have, like, a rooftop bars on the outside. What about inside? There is, and it's the name's super inventive, uh, Nick's Restaurant wow. uh, in Huntsville, Alabama. <laughs> exactly. Goddamn, original. In, in Huntsville, Alabama, that one uh, you can smoke inside. Uh, Kirk used to... Uh, They'd used to buy their cigars from Kirk's shop. They had a little humidor that you could smoke in there. That's that's the last one that I've physically been in that you could smoke in. Uh, so is it a restaurant or just like a – is it a bar? Uh, both. Both? Uh, restaurant, bar, and then he's got a little couple of little countertop humidors. Uh, hmm. Up here – in Nashville, none that I know of, but I'd have to do a little research. I don't know. All these major cities, and I, I go to Half Wheel like once a night just to get my blood boiling, and I'm <laughs> reading article after article after article after article, and all these cities and states are now raising the tobacco age to 21. Everybody's raising tobacco age to 21. I even read that Vermont is raising the age, to, age tobacco to 21. I forgot Vermont was a state until I saw it in the article. It's the second smallest state in the fucking country there's it's nine thousand square miles to me i didn't think they even had a, a gazette to announce any news all they have to do is lean out the window and say latest news is and tell everyone yeah i mean to me if we're going to raise the smoking age to 21 then we don't need to send these kids to war until they're 21 no wait a minute. we we started off when i was kid, it was 16 then it went to 18 and that was supposed to fix the youth epidemic. Now it's going to 21. Like, that's going to fix the... So basically, all that's going to mean is when people turn 21, they're going to do the same fucking smoking that they were going to do at 18. Yeah, and realistically, 18 makes the most sense. It is, because you're an that, adult to do yeah, that's everything the, else. The age of adulthood in the vast majority of states, Alabama being the one weird one at 19. But Is it 19 in Alabama? Uh, but did that fix the youth smoking epidemic? No. Oh, shit. <laughs> well, goddamn, I didn't. I didn't think of that. I yeah, thought that would fix the problem. They were like eighteen, uh, and I got nineteen. I'm God. a lot more mature now. God, I can't believe they didn't see that coming. <laughs> like, was that like in uh, Family Guy when the Mexicans trying to get the route? They're like, no, 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 no. Okay, I go around over here. No, 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 no. He goes, I help you build wall. Okay, you come over. So it's like you're trying to like no, no, I can't, can't do eighteen, but nineteen. Now you're mature enough to make these decisions. It's like uh, okay, those, those two little boys in HBO's Leaving Neverland. They just didn't see it coming. They, oh, <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> you know where there's a date at Michael Jackson's house, right? 
The big hand touches the little hand. Oh, shit. Oh, that's an old one. Yeah, I love that. That's an old one. Oh, God. I should get, oh. we should get promotion, uh, promotional money. I've said that HBO is leaving. We got to get our podcast times. sent to Congress. Oh, God. <laughs> we got to get it on the Senate floor. No, I want Rubio to read our transcript. No, because then uh, they'll, they'll be like, well, we have to regulate podcasting. <laughs> it's a youth epidemic for podcasting. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a drug. It's too much free thought. <laughs> too much knowledge. Too much wisdom. Oh, man. I, All right. Well, you know. Yeah. Honestly, I think we've motherfucked enough people for one show. Yeah, well, part one. Uh, Scott, <laughs> uh, one more time, with all due respect. And yep. Believe me, I said with all due respect. Yep. Fuck you. Fuck you. Yeah. Hey, I buddy. hope you go back to your family, and I hope your wife yells at you daily. I hope that while you're sleeping, your wife takes a page from Lorena Bobbitt and cuts off your pants. <laughs> Like, okay, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. I mean, I don't like his regulations, but <laughs> okay. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Uh, now, full disclaimer it, here. Uh, yeah. These thoughts are mine and mine yeah. only, and we're not encouraging anybody to do anything. Don't do that. Um, do not chop this, off anyone's penis. This podcast is like ninety-three point eight percent satire. Yeah, one and a half percent news. Um, and what would you expect when no. the first voice you hear is Gilbert Godfrey when, when we come on the air? It's the parrot. Lemon's <laughs> parrot. Uh, but yeah, Scott, um, bon voyage, motherfucker. Thanks, thanks for the fucking mess. I showed you that yeah, tweet that I sent to him, right? Yeah, it was pretty good. I, I got to go back to make sure I retweeted that. I don't remember if I did or not. Piss off, Scott. It's been real. Yeah, yeah. Go home, eat your Wheaties, get constipated, and sit on the toilet depressed. Fuck your mother. <laughs> Can we yeah. get edit that out? I um, God, it only took two two episodes for this show to go straight to hell. <laughs> but straight to the bottom. After Alan left, everything just went to shit. <laughs> yeah. Somewhere up, somewhere up there, he's saying, I can't believe I left these two idiots in charge. <laughs> they, they're going to ruin it. Anyway, I'm yeah. Mark. That's been, this has been whatever the hell we call this. Uh, podcast. Yeah, this is podcast. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Good night. Yeah.